Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. next Coyotes podcast brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. I'm Leah Merrill joined just with Craig Morgan today. PD is busy doing other things and Craig is accompanied by a laser light. I know this is audio, but I just want everyone to know there is a beam of light directly dividing Craig's face. And I can't even concentrate. We're 30 seconds in. <laughs> you do a screenshot of this, right? I really should. Really I am. I'm going to do it. No, go back. All right. The people need to know. Oh, my God. Wow. What you should do is like after you do that, you should like crack it a little bit so that my head has separated man that's how it felt today sitting through the espn sports oh, center hour away but wow hey pd uh you know we're hoping that you'll announce the all-stars at some point soon that was brutal. <laughs> are you serious sports center hey let's talk about you know the nba the I mean, so much nfl talk it was just i, I was so Which, bold with the stuff it's that like yeah, I mean that that's a thing, but also if you're gonna advertise that it's gonna be announced in that episode of Sports Center, then have it be like at the top of the show or say at 4 30 or whatever. I was just the fact that they and it felt so rushed at the end. And I know like people on Twitter are saying, Well, it's the all-star game, blah blah blah. But like my issue is just don't make it, oh, it's gonna be this big announcement and then shove it in the last 10 minutes. Right. Give it to TNT next year. God. Can you imagine how much fun TNT would have with it? I think. How about you spend a little time on every player that's made it instead of oh, hey, here are the captains, and then oh, here's a handful of other guys. And and by the way, how, it was how so about, rushed? It was like on a board in the back, and the camera just rolled down, <laughs> of like putting it on a graphic or something. It was like who designed this show? Well, was- they only. They like did not. They just didn't have enough time. (laughs) That was the best they could do. Anyway, anyway. Well, all of that aside, Clayton Keller will be representing the Arizona Coyotes at the NHL All Star Game next month in Las Vegas. Keller has twelve goals, fourteen assists, twenty six points in thirty four games played. By far, his, you know. I was going to say best season, but is it? Well, it's 65 points his rookie year, but that was a different situation. He's What I would say about him is he's just so much more complete as a player. Here we go again. Like, 
Is it what's going on in your neighborhood? Is there another arrest? <laughs> no, my roommate just walked in. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Do you hear my cat meowing too? <laughs> I can't wait till we go back to the no. studio. Okay. So, <laughs> back to Clayton Keller. Uh, I just he, he's so much more complete this season. That that play against Nick Ehlers the other night, where it, granted it was his own mistake, but guys make mistakes in a game. He saw it, he read it, and he chased Nick Ehlers down. He is a good skater and stripped him of the puck. That's the kind of play off the puck that makes you a, a complete player. It was a – he arguably saved a goal, so it's just as important as producing offense. It was a just a sign of what he's done. You know, we talked in this interview that I know you're going to run uh, clips of um, about how he put on seven pounds in the offseason. He told me that at media day, in all of his previous NHL seasons, he had only added five pounds since his draft year, so he surpassed all of that. I got a chance to talk to Bill Armstrong about it too. It just there's just so much more commitment from him on all levels, and I really think also he's thriving under Andre Turin. He's got his confidence back. He's using him in all sorts of situations. Andre's just this, you know, this we all see it. He's just this big, lovable guy, and I think the players have really embraced a fresh start under him. So all of that has led to this point where Clayton Keller looks like a heck of an NHL player right now. And and as Bill Armstrong keeps telling me. I think there's more. I think there's more. But one really, really important thing that he told me in the interview tonight is that he sees Clayton Keller as being a part of their team when they're trying to build a championship team. He sees wow. him here for the long term. Wow, that's big considering it seems like pretty much everyone else is on the trading block at this point every other day. Um, but yeah, it's been really great to see Clayton Keller's emergence this year. Um, not only does he lead the team in goals and points, but he also leads the team in power play goals, game winning goals, overtime goals, and leads the team in shot total. So just a complete season from him. Like you said, Craig, do you feel like Keller was the right choice out of him? And God, I know you were pushing for Goss to spare, um, last week but there, you know what he'd done this season his sort of renaissance and being among the very leaders among defensemen in the central division I thought he had a, a you know a really strong case but then you know if if we can talk about this now you look at the, the roster construction I talked about this being a, a determining factor in the story that I wrote there's one defenseman on the central division roster right now one defenseman Kale McCarr that's it which is just huh. crazy to me. So you've got, well, you got one more guy, obviously last man in is coming. So, but there's only two defensemen up for last man in is for the Roman, central is Romy, Roman Yossi on that roster yes. on that list. He's yeah. on the last man in list. So we might as well do this right now. I know you have a different pick and yours is a good pick too, to be honest. Um, but Roman Yossi would be my guy. He, I mean, Roman Yossi could win the Norris trophy this year. He's, a really strong candidate to win the Norris trophy this year. And he's not an all-star right now, which is crazy to me. The only thing that I don't know is some of these guys will tell their GMs. Yeah, I don't want to go. I want to take a rest. I want the time off. And that gets back to the league and they may opt, you know, they may opt out. So they don't, they don't put them in that situation. I don't know if that's the case with Roman Yossi or not, but he is absolutely a guy that belongs on this roster. Yeah. Yossi has 12 goals, 25 assists, and 37 points in 35 games. He is on that last man in list so far. The Predators uh, representative is UC Saros, who, of course, is their goalie who's been red hot. So, I mean, I think 
Saros is a great choice. It is just interesting to look at that roster construction. So all of considering the fact that they didn't build the roster based on, you know, two goalies, four defensemen, six forwards or whatever it was, I think that Clayton Keller was a good choice um, for the Coyotes um, this time around. So the, the, and, you know, we talked about Goss but he's not even up for last man in for the Coyotes. Last man in for the Coyotes on the ballot is Phil Kessel, um, who has five goals, 18 assists, and 23 points in 34 games played. So, yeah, he's not getting he, it. Yeah, it, it was just crazy to see that like Kessel is on the last man in list. And then you look at who's not on any list at all, the roster hmm. or the last, any last man in list. And this is for all the divisions, but Crosby, Panarin, Shesterkin, Marshawn, Ekblad, Nylander, Riley, Duchesne, Tarasenko, Kopitar, Quinn Hughes. I mean, again, you mentioned a lot of those people might have gone to their GMs and said, I don't want a part of this. And I know that's something that the NHL somewhat weighs when they go about this, but just to see, you know, names like Phil Kessel still in the running and all the names I just mentioned, not at all. is just crazy to me. And it makes you just question the entire all-star system in the first place. Not, and that's not a knock on Phil Kessel. Phil Kessel is Phil just wants to go to Vegas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, so, Phil's been great. The last man in. Who, who's on so, the last uh, list for the central? Okay. So for the central, the last man in candidates are Phil Kessel, Seth Jones, Nazem Kadri, Jason Robertson, Ryan Hartman, Roman Yossi, Robert Thomas, and Mark Shifley. Okay. There's only two guys on that list that should be. And um, my pick would be Nazem Kadri, which I think you would consider the second guy besides Roman Yossi, right? Yeah. No question. Yeah. He's a ridiculous season. Having um, an unbelievable season, 13 goals, 35 assists, 40, 48 points in 30 games so far. He was fourth in scoring in the whole NHL. So, And that's the problem, right, with having to take someone from every team. Yes. There are guys that Nazem Kadri deserves the berth over. I mean, look, and I, I, I still wonder what Clayton Keller's numbers would look like if he had a number one center to play with. That would probably boost his numbers up to – He'd probably be a point-per-game player. Um, but a guy like Joe Pavelski, is he really an all-star at this point? I don't know. I, I, yeah. Alex Dabrink had an all-star at this point. I don't I don't know about some of these guys. Over Certainly not over uh, Nazem Kadri in the, the season that he's having, but that's that's the problem with having a rep from each team and going to this three-on-three format where the rosters are so much smaller. Yeah, so here's my question. Do you think it's important to have – all 32 teams represented because it gives every fan from every team somebody to watch? Or do you think it really should be the best on best game? And if you're, you know, the Coyotes aren't a great team, they don't get a representative, but a team like Colorado is a great team. So they have three. What, like, do you think it matters? I like having someone from every team. I get that because you want all the fan bases engaged in the all-star game. This is a moneymaker. It's a marquee showcase event for the league. Here's what I would do. I would expand the rosters. Right now you have three lines, right? Three lines of three players going out there, plus your two goalies for an 11-man roster. Make it four lines. Add three more guys, three more skaters to each roster. And then you could take some of these people that we're talking about. And look, you, you roll four lines in a hockey game. Why can't you do it in three on three? I know it's a shorter format. Maybe you could tweak that too to have a little longer format. 
but I, I think there's a way to do it where you could you could find a happy medium with both of those. But there are, there are clearly some players that belong here that are not on these rosters. Yeah, I I agree because I do think it's important for every fan base to have at least someone to cheer for um, in the game. And I, but I do agree that they should expand it because it's actually insane to see some of these players off. Although some of these players secretly on the side might be thinking, "Amazing, now I get to." Uh, then weekend off and can go on a trip or just hang low. So, you know, pros and cons both ways. But like we said, Keller is the Coyotes all-star. He has greatly, greatly improved um, over the past couple of seasons, especially um, over the summer, like you mentioned. And you had a chance to talk to him about his improvement. So let's send it over to that. Hey, Clayton, we have been talking a lot about your more complete game this season. And and you mentioned to me at media day that you had put on seven pounds. How much has that alone aided your game, whether it's just physically in battles or from a confidence standpoint? Yeah, you know, I think uh, any offseason, you know, you want to get faster and stronger. And, um, you know, I think this summer I really trained with a purpose and uh, focused on the little things. And I think that's definitely helped me on the ice, um, you know, putting the work in and uh, really just believing in myself and, um, you know, playing confident every night and um, not having any fear has, uh, you know, led to success uh, early on in the season. Was there anything specific about this off season where you just took it upon yourself to, to add that bulk to maybe recommit yourself? Uh, yeah, maybe a little bit. I think, um, you know, everyone trains in the summer, but I don't think everyone trains with a purpose. And I really feel like I did that this off season, um, whether it was eating more, uh, eating right, um, doing everything I can, um, you know, cause it's a long off season and you have to take care of your body. So, um, I think it was just a good combination of that and um, skating a lot, um, working on things that, that I wanted to work on. And um, it's good to, to see some, uh, you know, positive strides going forward. How much focus did you put on defensive details? We talked about that play you made the other night where you, where you chased Nick Ehlers down. But how much emphasis did you put on that side of the game? Yeah, I mean, I think um, ever since I came to the league, I've, you know, wanted to be better, um, you know, on the defensive side of the puck. And I think, um, I think I've done a good job of that. I think, you know, there's always room to improve, but I think, you know, I think the game a certain way and I can be effective, not just on the offense, but also on defense. And I think, you know, I take a lot of pride in stealing pucks, stripping pucks, takeaways, things like that. So, um, I think, you know, just, um, it's, that's been good as well. Last thing from me, Clayton, this stretch that you're in right now, like really over the last couple months, um, have you had a better stretch in the NHL? Um, I don't know. I think um, that's hard to say, but um, I don't know. I've just felt super confident every single night. Um, You know, like I said, not having any fear, Um, you know, just playing against other teams, top players and um, learning that way. I mean, I think that's tough, you know, sometimes, um, especially on the road, you're getting, you know, the first, the first matchups and things like that. So I think it's, it's been a good test and, uh, something that I've took a lot of pride in for sure. Thanks Clayton. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Great to hear from Clayton Keller, who is making now his second 
all-star appearance. He last appeared in the all-star game in 2019. So, you know, if Bill Armstrong says he's a part of the long-term plan for this team, I don't think this will be Keller's last all-star appearance. What do you think? Yeah. Well, if he, if he continues on this trajectory, probably not because he's really, like I said, he's, he's playing much better hockey than I've ever seen him play much more complete. And there's a, there's a motivation in his game, a hunger in his game. And, and I know he had it at the lower levels, but I think with the body and the confidence that Andre Tournier has given him playing in all these situations, there, there are times in games where you just really notice him when he has the puck. He, he's, he's, he's a noticeable player. He jumps out on the ice. So you want to see that continue. I've talked so much about consistency being the key for Clayton Keller. And I don't even think 34 games is enough to say he's arrived because I've, you know, I've written that story too many times in the past and then he's fallen off uh, for a stretch. But it's two months straight now where Clayton Keller has been an elite player on the ice. So that's a really encouraging sign for the Coyotes. He's still really young. He hasn't hit his prime yet. So maybe he is going to be that player they envisioned after all. Which would be fantastic to see, I think, not just for the management, but for the fans as well, because everyone wants to see the player that they envision have success, not only for themselves, but for their team. Craig, one last thing before we move on from the all-star discussion. What skills competition do you think Keller will participate in? I don't know. I haven't been told that yet, actually. What, what do you want to see him in? What, what do you like best in the skills competition? I used to love when they did the shootout, but they got really crazy with it. And I don't know if they still do that, but like when Ovechkin would wear the hat and like the glasses and just <laughs> do the shootout all crazy. I used to love that one, but I love um, fastest skater. Yeah. I think it's so impressive. The way they do it. What? Do you like the way they measure the fastest skater? I'd like to see them do it in a number of different ways, right? Like straight line, a lap, whatever, stops and starts, things like that. Yeah. I'd, like, I'd like to get a sense of who does all of those things the best. Okay. I like just, that. Or even like backwards. Yeah. Yeah. For defensemen, yeah. right? Like who does that the best? I, yeah. I have no idea who like, like nobody even talks about that. Who's the best backwards skater in the NHL? I have no clue who that might yeah, be. That's really interesting. Well, um, we'd love to hear your thoughts on who, which skills competition Clayton Keller you think he will be in slash we would also like to hear your thoughts on what skills competition aren't in the all-star game right now and you think should be so go ahead and tweet at us at phnx underscore coyotes and let us know you can also let us know in our members only discord I wonder also and I actually don't know this because I checked but it's probably too early do you think you can do you think you can bet on the all-star game yeah, I'm guessing you can. It's in Vegas. How could they not? <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Good point. <laughs> You're right. I'm sure there's some really crazy stuff you can bet on, including insane player props. I mean, it's not like a regular game. The over-under would probably be set at, I don't know, regular games. It's like five and a half, six, six and a half. What do you think the over-under would be in an all-star game? Like 12? Yeah, it's insane. At it's least? Insane. Well... <laughs> We'll check back in closer to All-Star Weekend. But until then, this weekend is the NFL's Wild Card Weekend. And uh, this week, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any Wild Card team to win their game. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team is victorious. 
All customers can also get in on DraftKings Hammer the Over promotion. For every 5,000 bettors who take the over for Saturday night's Patriots versus Bills game, the point total will lower by half a point. Hammer the Over has hit zero every time. DraftKings has run it, so bettors won when the first point was scored. So sign up using that promo code PHNX this week at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team by $5 and win 280 in free bets if your team wins. That's 21 and over Arizona only gambling problem. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP. New customers only eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash. Oh my gosh. Slash. I cannot speak slash sportsbook for details as if I don't do that part of the ad read every single day. And I'm just fumbling over my words over here. Not to the PHNX all-star for that category. See, I was muted just like Clayton Keller was. Just like Clayton Keller was at the beginning of this. I do that like once a week, though, I think. So, yeah. When he yeah. did it, I was just like, oh, okay. So, this this happens with everyone, not just me. I literally think everyone in, in the age of Zoom and that. all of that has done it. Well, looking ahead, we'll, we'll get back to more all star content when the weekend comes. But for now, the next thing on the Coyotes' radar is the Colorado Avalanche coming nice. to town <laughs> in a home-and-home back-to-back Friday night and Saturday night. Colorado is currently second in the Central Division with a record of 22-8-3. They're 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10 games, ranked number one in the NHL for goals four. They have the seventh-best power play. Kadri leads the team with 48 points. Kempers. Be, right? And be what? Angry. He could be angry if he gets snubbed. Very true. Look at that. Something to look for. Damage to them in the bubble. Oh, my God. Did he kill them in the playoff bubble? He was just a one-man wrecking crew against them in the bubble. Yeah. So, Coyotes, Avs, Craig, what do you expect from this matchup this weekend? Well, um, pain. (laughs) That's what I expect. (laughs) I thought you were going to do like your Mr. T impersonation there. (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a rough series for the Coyotes. They just beat the Leafs, though. So they did. And a little bit of positive stuff going on here right now. Maybe they can go into the uh, into the all star break with a little bit of uh, good vibes going if they can play well in this this back to back series, because on Monday on MLK Day, the Montreal Canadiens are coming to town, and I really don't think the Montreal Canadiens are trying to win anymore. I'm not sure they'll win another game this season. So, you, sh- you really believe that? Uh, no, that's a little extreme, but I really <laughs> believe that the Montreal Canadiens are not trying anymore. <laughs> well, that's true. The The Coyotes did just pass them um, in the standings to go from 32nd to 31st. Super exciting. So that game on Monday will certainly be interesting, but before then the Coyotes have to face Colorado um, starting tonight. No, not tonight, tomorrow night on the road. Um, but Colorado is 14, two and one at home. So just, <laughs> what could go wrong? And then Saturday Darcy Kemper makes his return to Arizona, um, which I'm sure will be, you know, special for everyone around because I know that all of that makes sense for him to be there, but Darcy Kemper was, I feel like, beloved by the fans and the team here. Absolutely. So to preview this matchup and get some more information on Colorado, who honestly is a not just a top team in the league, 
but is a cup contender. Um, we reach out to our brethren, if you will, at <laughs> DNVR. Um, to Nobody ever get... says brother station, do they? they always no, say we always say sister station. So what about just sibling <laughs> station? I don't know. Our counterpart. Sure. Our other member of the All City Network, DNVR. Um, so we reached out to Jesse Montano from DNVR Avalanche, who joined us for a super in-depth preview. Preview Colorado. It gives you kind of a sense of what's changed for Colorado over the years, what's working for them this year compared to years past, how Darcy Kemper has been, um, and what we can kind of expect to see this coming weekend. So let's send it over to our interview with Jesse Montano from DNVR Avalanche. All right, we now welcome in from DNVR Avalanche, our sister station to the north, Jesse Montano. Thank you so much for joining the podcast, Jesse. Welcome. Yeah, no, thank you guys so much. I mean, I I came back to DNVR right after PHNX had launched, so I haven't had the opportunity to do any of the crossover stuff. So I'm I'm real excited to be chatting with you guys and uh, previewing a matchup. Yeah, we usually just talk <laughs> about it from one side. So uh, it's nice to have some some other inputs and, and some fresh perspective. So thanks for having me on. Well, Jesse, why don't you describe for us what it feels like? How does the other half live? <laughs> so I've, I've got a great perspective on this because I actually, my first year covering the abs was the 48-point season. So I have been there. I, I've I've been on the other side, and um, not to rub it in, but it is way better being on this side of it. Uh, I my family moved to Denver in 1994, so one year before the ABS. So I got to grow up on the glory days, but I have sat through a lot of bad hockey and a lot of questionable decisions. Um, so it's it's nice to see you know, a lot of that, you know, you talk so much about the future when your team isn't great that, yeah, I won't lie. It's, uh, it's pretty fun to see Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen and Gabe Landeskog, all abs draft picks, you know, hit, hit what Kale McCarr, I think is still climbing. Nathan McKinnon, I think is still climbing, uh, you know, but it's fun to see those guys. It's not talking about the future anymore. They're here and they're actually performance. It's, it's fun. <laughs> You hear that, Coyotes fans? There's maybe hope. There's hope. There's light at the end of the tunnel. <laughs> Whoa, you're old there, folks. <laughs> right now, the Coyotes are a lot like the Phoenix area. It is a transient roster with a lot of people who won't be here in a couple seasons. But uh, let me ask you this, Jesse. It, just looking at, obviously, the record speaks for itself. Uh, the Avs are 10-1-1 one one in their past 12, 18-3-2 in the past 23, but... What is your sense of the current state of the abs? Yeah, so it's it's funny because so obviously they win the president's trophy last year, but there's a bit of an asterisk with it, right? You played six teams all year. Um, but it is just funny how expectations shifted immediately. They got out to a four, five, and one start. Is that maybe a little less than what you wanted? Sure, but you're talking about the first 10 games. And I mean, the, the narrative around here was, Oh, they, they've, they've cracked under the, you know, the pressure, the Vegas series totally knocked them off. They just have to scrape into the playoffs. Well, you just read it off right there. They're 18, three and two since that first 10 game stretch. And I'll be honest with you. This I think is the best hockey I've seen them play in the last three years. 
Mm. Um, just in terms of it being th- their most complete game, they're winning games in in different ways. Even the teams from the last couple of years that have been very good, you know, really highly skilled, they've struggled to come back. I don't have their record over the last three seasons in front of me in, in terms of coming back. Um, but it hasn't been there. That has always been a knock against this group, not the abs in general, but this nucleus with Kadri and Burakovsky, um, you know, in addition to kind of their big three is that they've struggled in games where they get behind and they struggle to adapt their style of play. When they commit to their style, they're really good. But when someone forces them outside of that box, they, they kind of struggle to hang on. Not the case at all this year. We're seeing them win games where they've got to play heavy and hard below the goal line. Um, you know, obviously we know that they can they can run and gun. Uh, we're seeing them come back. We're seeing them put, you know, a two-goal lead on a team and then just put their foot on the throat and, you know, let the team push for a minute. And then they just bury three, four, five goals on them and the game is done, put away. Um, so this... This stretch they're on right now, that 18-3-2, and two, uh, this may be the most complete hockey I've, I've seen them play dating back you know, to the bubble. So another category that the Avalanche um, lead in in the NHL is goals four yeah. um, with an average of, I think it's 4.3, um, which yeah. is just insane. It's- the Coyote, Coyotes fans can only imagine <laughs> what that's like every night. But another stat with that is goaltenders who have the most goal support on the team and Darcy Kemper is number one and of course Coyotes fans are very familiar with Darcy Kemper who you know maybe in his tenure with the Coyotes did not have that same goal support so tell us about Darcy Kemper and you know how he's been so far I'm you know the abs gave up a lot to get him how has he been so far so yeah, that, that the the goal support and the goals per game, a lot of that has come from. I mean, they're stringing, they're putting together seven goal games like it's a, you know a regular, you know like a regularity for them. I, I I think they have the most seven goal games to this point in the season, or I think it was up to thirty games in as the the ninety four Penguins who had Mario Lemieux, Yammer Yager, and I mean you're talking about the nineties, so they're scoring goals at an, at an unreal clip right now. Um, so I'm, I'm probably higher on Darcy Kemper than most folks that you would talk to. And the abs gave up a lot. They gave up a first, uh, first round pick and Connor Timmons, who my heart just breaks for. That is one of my favorite prospects. And he's not much of a prospect anymore. Um, and he, the dude just can't catch a break. Um, but I, I think the coyotes have a legitimate, uh, NHL defender on their hands top four easily, maybe a top pairing guy in Connor Timmons. Uh, I, I think he's a great prospect. So I was bummed to see him go, but you're bringing in Darcy Kemper and you saw firsthand in the bubble what this goaltender is capable of and just how good he can be. And even before the bubble, um, I mean, he's actually, he eliminated the abs in 2014 as a member of the Minnesota Wild in a series. The abs had a stranglehold on. Darcy Kemper comes in, in in favor of Ilya Brzgalov and turns that series around for the wild. Um, you have a goaltender here that has a really high ceiling. Have we seen it in Denver yet this season? No, we haven't. We haven't seen him get to that level, but I think a lot of people had expectations of him. A lot of abs fans, <clears throat> abs media have that image of the way he played for Arizona in the bubble. Right. And that's, that almost kind of seems like what they're expecting for, 
50 starts or however many he ends up getting. Hopefully he stays healthy. And, and I mean, that's just not the reality. You hope he builds towards that. And what I like about what Kemper's done this year is he's gotten better every week. Every, every week there's a, there's a noticeable improvement in his game. And, and for me, a goaltender's job is to be better than the guy at the other end of the ice. Right. Well, I mean, I, I think he's 13, one and one in his last 15. So, so he's, he's out dueling the other goaltenders. And I mean, you've had John Gibson roll in, you've had Jack Campbell roll in, you've had Connor Hellebuck roll in. Um, you know, you just played UC Soros a couple nights ago and, and that game went to overtime. Uh, I think he's been exactly what the abs have needed. Now he has to continue being that as the games get tighter, the, you know, the stakes kind of ramp up. Can he ramp his game up um, as, as the team does, obviously we'll, we'll wait to see, but for what you've given up for him, he's, he's done the job, you know, totally admirably, admirably. And, and he's given you what you've needed. Yeah, goaltending is such a fickle position. You never know what you're going to get from season to season. But we saw, without question, we saw elite play from Darcy Kemper here. And as you alluded to, look, none of this will matter if Darcy Kemper ends up taking it to that level you're talking about in the playoffs. That's why the Avalanche got him. They are in cup win now mode. So regular season, fine, you get in. If he plays like that, everybody will be happy. The other thing I always loved about Kemper, he's one of those goaltenders who – you know, you hear a lot about how quirky their personalities are, but he's one of those guys who fits in with the team really well. Yeah. He's he's a great teammate. They love him, and he's never a guy who's going to throw his teammates under the bus. It, it, it got to the point of annoyance sometimes in those interviews where it was always we. It was never me. And I, yeah. I got to the point where I, I would give him hell for it because it <laughs> like, can you, can you just talk about yourself for a moment here? But right. that's, I mean, that's why I so love there. I'm curious, Jesse, when you look at their goaltending situation beyond this season, it, it, it's cloudy. They don't have anybody signed, uh, at least the two guys right now on the roster. What is the plan? Is there any talk about re-signing Kemper or what are they thinking about goaltending beyond this season? <laughs> We haven't heard a lot. So the Avs are notoriously tight-lipped. They are a really tough organization to, to, to get information out of. Honestly, Craig, I, I think they're in a bit of wait and see. Um, I think they've looked at the way the goalie market has has shaken out the last couple of off-seasons, and they know that there's going to be options there for them. Um, but, but you're exactly right. They gave up what they gave up for Darcy Kemper to come win a Stanley Cup. They won the President's Trophy last year and saw doesn't count for anything, right? When, when you get into the playoffs, it doesn't, doesn't mean anything that you won the president's trophy. It's nice to have home ice, but they brought him here to win a Stanley cup. And if he can ramp up to that level, um, that's, that's all that really matters. I wouldn't, I wouldn't hate seeing them give Darcy Kemper an extension, you know, in season. Um, Pavel Francois is a really interesting one. Honestly, Craig, if you would have asked me this two years ago, I would have said, I think that's who they're eyeing as their starter. A lot of people forget in the in the bubble year because he got hurt and the games he tried to play through that injury, he really didn't look good. That he actually was the Avs game played leader for the, the, the COVID shortened bubble season. In the regular season, he was their games played leader in net. He was their save percentage leader. He was their goals against average leader. He was their shutout leader. Pavel Francouz, if you look back at his career in the KHL, coming over to North America, playing in the AHL, stepping into the NHL, talk about a guy that's gotten better every year and at every level, uh, played lights out for Czech Republic at the Olympics 
the the last time when the the NHLers didn't go. That was a guy that, or that is a guy I think the Abs really like. Now the tough part is why I don't think he's got an extension right now. Uh, he started one game for them since he signed his two year extension that, as you mentioned, expires at the end of this year. He's had some horrific injury luck. So I think they're in a little bit of a wait and see mode. I think they've got two guys that they like, um, you know, that, that they think could kind of carry the load over the next couple of years. And I'm maybe not as high on Eustace Ananen, uh, you know, draft pick from a couple of years ago, I believe a second round pick who's having a really good season with the AHL affiliate Eagles. I don't necessarily know if I see a, a number one starter out of him, um, but I think they've got a few options internally they like. And I, I just think they're looking at, at that goalie market and saying, if we need to get back into it next summer, we can, we know that Mark Andre Fleury will be out there and, and, and we know that there's going to be some teams um, who, who are willing to make some moves. So uh, I think they're happy with what they've got for right now. I don't think they would hate the idea of signing one of these two guys. So you have some level of clarity, but uh, I think they're going to let them, you know, let them see how they play. Did they dodge a bullet, not signing Philip Grubar as it turns out? Sure, man. I don't know. I think so, man. I, I, I always thought he was a great fit in Colorado. I think he's a very good goaltender, but I thought he fit really well in that system. When he announced it, or when they announced he was going to Seattle, I, I immediately was like, Oh man, I'm, I'm glad you got a cup ring. Cause <laughs> you know, he chose the money for sure. But, but as of right now, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you can say they didn't. Right. I think you've been totally happy with Darcy Kemper. If you, if you ask Joe Sackick and, uh, yeah, Philip Grubauer is the the 32nd ranked starting goaltender out of 32. So, yikes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse, a lot of, you know, Coyotes fans know these names like Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Kale McCarr. Who are some players on this roster for the Avs that Coyotes fans should maybe keep their eye on on Friday and Saturday? Someone who's been making an impact but maybe isn't that, you know, A-list name, if you will, mm. that Coyotes fans are familiar with. So I'll give you one on defense and then I'll give you maybe my favorite forward of the year. And if, and if AJ and Rudo are watching this, they're already rolling their eyes and laughing. Cause I know who I'm going to say up front. Uh, but, but on defense, it's Devon Taves. I, this is in my opinion, the most underrated defenseman in the NHL right now. Um, people were talking about him as, Oh, well maybe that's a guy that gets a, you know, a, a seven, eight, you know, spot on team Canada. I, you are hard pressed to find three defenders outside of Kale McCarr that I would take ahead of Devon Taves right now. He's that good. Um, I mean, go, go look at any, by any measurable statistic, whether it be, you know, more straightforward goals, assists, points per game, or if you want to start getting into any of the analytics, um, you know, uh, I'm totally drew a blank, but in any of his advanced metrics, he he's top five for all defenders in the NHL. Yeah across the board. He drives play up ice so incredibly well. He's got a great shot from the point. Um, you know, he, he can defend in his own end. Uh, his shot suppression is, is fantastic. His transition from his zone to the neutral zone is, is great. And I mean, you see that, that overtime winner a couple nights ago against Toronto, he's got skill to finish in the offensive zone. I mean, he's out there running, give and goes in three on three hockey burning Austin Matthews to the net. Uh, number seven for, for the abs is absolutely someone that I think everyone should keep an eye on. Um, 
like I said, that that's my most underrated defenseman in the league right now, not just on the abs. Uh, the, you, the abs legitimately have two Vesna candidates or Vesna candidates. Oh my gosh. Uh, Norris, Norris candidates. I think Kale McCarr's presence is probably going to hurt him when it comes time to voting. But if, if he's yep. not at least on your top 10 list, that's, that's absolutely criminal because he's been unbelievable yeah. this season. And, and there's and, no and way you, the Islanders are going to find a player with those two second round picks. That's, no that's as good as that was a great trade. Yeah. And, and, you know, you go back to that first 10 games of the season, they went four five and one. What's the difference between those 10 games and everything they played after Devon Taves, Devon Taves was not in the lineup for those first 10, I think 11 games. Um, Kale McCart, everyone knows who he is. You see him on the highlight reels. His skating is something I've never seen. Um, but, but Devon Taves elevates this team and makes them better in, in different ways that it's, I mean, it's almost immeasurable. Uh, I think you're right. He'll always have that. Well, he plays with Kale McCarr, but even his, his, you know, his fancy stats away from Kale McCarr are top, top of the league, top tier. Yeah. Um, and then up front, a guy that has completely, I mean, talk about, uh, you know, a breakout season for him, uh, Logan O'Connor for the abs, uh, he, the captain for DU undrafted player. They, they sign him cause they had a great look at him coming from right up the road, um, in Denver. He goes and plays for the Eagles and he's just one of those guys that his, his, he, he's the ultimate try hard guy, right? His effort level is at 100 anytime he's on the ice. And, uh, the, abs had, the he came in in the bubble and that was his first kind of like, Whoa, this kid can play. Um, hard on pucks, great speed, uh, tracks the, the puck really well in the defensive zone. He's a phenomenal penalty killer. So they bring him back and they sign him for right at about a million dollars, a three or four or four year deal, right at about a million dollars a year. And right now, if you were to go look at what he's valued at, given his production and, and his on ice performance, he's about a $4 million player. And they've got him at a million dollars a year for the next three seasons. Uh, I believe he's up to five shorthanded points on the year. Um, he's getting reps with the top line when Jared Bednar is either needing to shake things up or if they've had some injuries. He's played top six minutes this year. And I mean, his his effort level is just on another level. And he's at the point now where he's getting to add in some of that skill. And the shorthanded points, go back and look at his career. He racked them up in college. Uh, I believe he has the Eagles single season shorthanded point record. Uh, he led the AHL in shorthanded points one of his seasons there. Uh, so, I mean, he, he's just become an invaluable penalty killer. And uh, he, he's, been, he's been huge for the abs as they fought through injuries. He's filled in phenomenally, and now you have a great depth piece. And it's just another find by Joe Sackick and, and his staff that, again, you've got him signed for three more years at a million dollars a year, and you are getting well beyond a $1 million player production out of him. All right, I got to ask you about Nazem Kadri um, having a, just a brilliant season right now. Um, yeah. How much of this is related to it being a contract year for Kadri? <laughs> well, and what do you see as his situation past this season? Yeah, so I think, I think what you're seeing this year is a bit of a combination of two things. One, he wasn't there for the Vegas series, and he knows that. He's mm-hmm. had to sit with that for an entire year. The, the narrative around Nazem Kadri when he came from Toronto was great player. You know, he, he's a nutcase, though. He, he'll get himself suspended. He'll get himself 
you know, kicked out, ejected, whatever it is. He went through the bubble. He was a huge contributor for the abs in the bubble. They ran into injury problems that they eventually just couldn't overcome. Um, you know, they're one shot away from going to the Western Conference Finals, missing eight regulars, including both their starting and backup goaltender. And Val Nachushkin hits a post in overtime of game seven. Yeah. Um, but, you know, Kadri uh, was great. Okay, and then stop him. they couldn't right? stop them. And, and, and that's, and, and you know, the, the, going back to Darcy Kemper, he did everything he could. Eventually it's just like, I mean, you just can't, you, you can only hold that dam for so long before it breaks. Um, but Kadri was great in that series as well against the coyotes and, and into the Dallas series. And then they win the president's trophy. You're feeling good. You're about to sweep the St. Louis blues. And, and he, you could see it coming Craig and Leah, I was in the, I was in the building with a buddy of mine and Kadri like took a run at somebody, not in, in a bad way, but you could tell he was frustrated. He hadn't scored. He was slumping a bit. My buddy, you know, nudged me and he goes, Bednar needs to get him off the ice. He's going to do something stupid. And it wasn't 15 seconds later. Um, you know, he, he goes in a uh, high hit to Justin Falk and he ends up being done for the rest of the playoffs. And you can't convince me that he wouldn't have made a difference in that Vegas series. He, he was such a big part of your depth. So I think he had a summer to sit with all of that. And oh, by the way, he's looking to sign a new deal this upcoming summer. And so I kind of think you're seeing those two things come together combined with just the fact this is a really good team that's building towards, uh, you know, th this is maybe the most I've seen them kind of build on their performances. So he's in a good situation. He gets to play on that top power play unit with Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr and Miko Rantanen. Um, but he is, he's just kind of on another level right now. He's finding ways to produce, um, even in games where maybe he doesn't have his best night. You said they go, eh, I didn't love Kadri tonight. And you look at the score sheet and it's like, Oh, three assists. Never mind. He was great. <laughs> like, you know, I, I don't know. I maybe I don't know what I'm talking about, but, um, so he, he's just finding ways to contribute every single night. And when you were without Nathan McKinnon early in the season, Gabe Landeskog right now, Miko Rantanen for a, a stretch, he is the guy that is stepping in and, and filling in for that. And he's done it magnificently. Um, he's found good chemistry with his line mates. So even when you are without some of those top guys like McKinnon, he's getting to stay consistent. He's playing with Val Nachushkin. He's playing with Andre Burakovsky. Um, you know, some of the better line mates he's had in his career, especially, you know, at a consistent rate. And, and he's just humming along right now. I unfortunately think that he's pricing himself out of Colorado. Uh, just the reality. Now, maybe if they go on and win the cup this year, well, I guess maybe if they win the cup, he's definitely gone because then he's got his ring. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know. Maybe if they get real close, he says, I want to stay for two more years and he takes a discount. I don't really see that. What I honestly see end up ending up happening, Craig, is um, Anaheim is a team to me that stands out who maybe will get a little bit of a false sense of this is really who we are. Troy Terry broke out. And they'll go give Nazem Kadri, you know, eight by seven or eight by five or something like that. Cause he's already in his thirties um, and expect him to go slot in and kind of replace Ryan Getzloff as a, as a one C and it's just not going to happen or it probably won't happen. But um, that's honestly what I kind of expect to see one of these teams that thinks that they are on the cusp close to breaking through is going to, is going to give him more than they probably should. And at that point, kind of like Philip Grubauer, 
how can you blame a guy if someone's waving that kind of money in front of you? Yeah. I think you're hard pressed to find people that would say no. So last question for you, Jesse, and really quickly, how deep do the Avs need to, to advance in the playoffs this season for it to be a success? Do they need to win it all at this point? Or what, what, what's considered a success in that franchise this season? Honestly, I, I, I think it's a Stanley Cup. For me, it's a Stanley Cup. Or at least to the finals and, and you, you make a good series out of it. Um, you look at that Tampa Bay team from the last couple of seasons and, and that's one of those things where it's like, man, you could have a really good run and sometimes you just run into a really good team. So for me, it's, it's a, a competitive Stanley Cup final. But with the way that this roster is constructed, you've got a year or two left on this criminally good Nathan McKinnon deal. Um, that I mean, that's maybe the best contract in pro sports. Uh, Nathan McKinnon makes 6.5 a year for still another year after this. Um, you're, you're just, you're in a cap situation that I don't know if you'll ever find yourself in again. Um, you do have Nazem Kadri, who's probably gone after this year. Andre Burakovsky, that's one of your guys who's maybe gone after this year. You gave up a lot to bring in Darcy Kemper. Who knows what he costs you next year, depending on how the rest of the season goes. Um, you've got guys coming in the, you know, through the pipeline, Alex Newhook, uh, you know, Sean Barron's, uh, Justin Barron, both, you know, both defensemen still coming up, coming through. But again, I just mentioned Alex Newhook. He's been huge for the Avs this year. He's on an ELC. You're just not going to run into this cap situation. Um, I don't think ever again. So you have a team built to win it all. You have a team built to compete with the Vegases and the Tampa Bays of the league. And, and I think if you come up short of a Stanley Cup, no matter how good the feelings are, it's going to be a little disappointing because that's, that's what this roster is built to do. I think they have a little bit of tweaking. Um, I have a feeling that I, I just, I've thought all year, we'll probably have another, another conversation come trade deadline. Phil Kessel, I think, makes a ton of sense in Colorado. Um, I also, talking to some of the other media guys just around the rink, I think you look at a guy like Claude Giroux as someone that, especially after Vegas ended up beating out the abs for Jack Eichel, um, I, I think you could see them, you know, Philly would have to eat probably 50% of that salary and you'd have to send like a JT Comfer back to make the money work. Um, but, but I think they're going to load up, give it one last push. Cause they know that from a money standpoint, this, this is as good of a push as you're ever going to be able to give it. Uh, if, if you're Joe Sackick in the Colorado avalanche, uh, so, so for me, for my, for my seat, uh, Craig and Leah, this is Stanley cup or you're, you're pretty disappointed with the way it ended. Wow. What is that like to cover a team <laughs> like that? You alluded to covering that 48 point season when you yeah. started out, um, we're starting out our first year here at PHNX covering a team that has 19 points through 34 games. So we'll see how it all turns out. Yeah. Well, so I, I want to well, say something real quick. Okay. Yeah. Craig, Craig pointed out before we started the show and he said, look, they've got a coherent plan though. And that's something we've ever seen. The abs struggled and it was brutal from about 2007 when Joe Sackick stuck his hand in a snowblower and was forced to retire to uh, seriously. What was that? 2018, 2019 when they traded Matt Duchesne and the, you know, the, the franchise has kind of never looked back since they, I think they made the playoffs 
once, maybe twice. Yeah, 2010 and then 2014. But other than that, it was at best teams competing for the playoffs that missed out. And the issue with those teams were they didn't have an identity. They didn't know which direction they were going. And that is why as much as it sucked at the time, Patrick Waugh leaving two weeks before training camp was the best thing that ever happened to this organization because you had him and Joe Sackick with two different roadmaps for how they wanted this team to look. Patrick Waugh left. They said, we have a direction and we are sticking to it. We are buying into it. And I mean, you, you go from this to, or you go from that to talking about Stanley cup or bust in three years. So there's light. There's light it's at the end possible. of the tunnel. It's possible. <laughs> well, we appreciate the message of hope. I hope that Coyotes fans can take that away. Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. I'm sure we'll have you and other DNVR Avalanche counterparts back on again soon. And we will, thanks, I'm sure, chat over this weekend with the Coyotes and Avs facing off twice in two days. So thanks so much, Jesse. Thanks, thanks guys. Yeah, appreciate it. Look forward to seeing you, Craig. Thank you again to Jesse from DNVR. It was so great having him join our show. It'll be exciting. Hopefully, you know, once everything is a little bit more normal that we can hopefully do some crossover stuff. DNVR, everyone has a bar in Denver, like it's the DNVR bar. So, you know, PHNX bar coming soon. (laughs) But it was funny. I was even talking to Jesse about it before we recorded that even he has a PHNX Coyote shirt which, by the way, if I'm not mistaken, is still the top-selling shirt at PHX. Yes. Oh, oh yeah. It's not even close. <laughs> not even close. And that's if not, you don't... Not, let's not even throw them, you know, a bone. The other... No. The other we're, we're killing them. Yeah, absolutely killing them. So if you don't have one yet, head over to the PHNX Locker. Check it out. We also just dropped a new Cardinal shirt. So if you already have all the Coyote shirts, check out the Cardinal shirts. And if you're a member, the deal this week, buy one, get one 50% off Cardinals t-shirts. And if you're a member, you can get members deals like that weekly only if you're a member. So become a member at gophnx.com where you can read all of the content across PHNX, including most importantly, in my opinion, Craig's stories, because, you know, if you're listening to this hockey podcast right now, I would hope it's because you want to hear what Craig has to say, but maybe not. Maybe you're here so you can be angry at him on Twitter with all the other Leafs fans <laughs> who are still angry a day later. I have changed my name back to Craig S. Morgan, though. You are no longer no name reporter. Yeah, I just went with that for a day. well craig any final notes before we uh head off into this back-to-back no i'm just in terms of the all-star game i'm I'm going so i I like covering events like that and it's nice that it's close to it's in vain and a warm place yes unlike unlike it's not columbus right or you know (laughs) somewhere yeah exactly well and that that's that's the other thing. And I know I just did the plug for PHNX, but Craig, I always say boots on the ground. He's the one going to all the games while Petey and I sit in the comfort of our home. Sometimes Petey not even wearing pants in the comfort of his own home. But Craig is there dressed yeah. up in the press box doing the work. So we appreciate you, Craig. We should sell like PHNX uh, boxer shorts, PD boxer shorts or something. You oh, know? my God. Like with that might be our next merch idea since Petey doesn't <laughs> anymore. Oh my god, we got Petey's puck talk, Petey's puzzles, Petey's 
I don't know. I can't think of an alliteration for underwear with the letter. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> not panties, not Petey's panties. No, don't want to go with that one. Okay, I think we need to wrap it up here. Yeah, we do. Oh, my gosh. Well, we will be back live tomorrow after the matchup between the Coyotes and the Avalanche on our YouTube channel. So head over to PHNX Sports on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the notification bell so you never miss a post-game show. Um, also, if on audio, please like, subscribe, follow, leave us a review wherever you get your podcasts. All of that is super helpful. Please follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. We have a couple weeks to hit 2,500 followers. So you will. <laughs> what's going on? Now what's going on? Is that your cat? No. Just... Oh, this, is what we... this is what happens when we record at night, Craig. Yeah. Well, it's funny that I would say that when all of our post-game shows are at night, but I'm just off my game tonight. It's, it's okay. totally fine. Um, <laughs> just these panties as a merch item. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. God, help us. Oh, my God. Well, whatever I was saying, I don't even remember. Oh, follow PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. So, Craig, you will watch Craig drink an IPA start to finish. PD's yeah. punishment. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's in the little. Yeah, I have mixed feelings about this 2,500 number, but yes, I will do it if we get there. All right. Well, you heard the man. Head over to PHNX underscore Coyotes on Twitter. Give us a follow. Follow PHNX Sports across all social platforms so you never miss any of the amazing coverage that PHNX has for you across the board. And uh, we'll be back tomorrow night. And uh, good night. Good night, Craig, I guess. <laughs> the laser beam is once again splitting his head and i will tweet the photo so you all can see what i'm talking about <laughs> good night